Hello, friends, and welcome to the first episode of 41,000 Feet and Thriving. I'm Virginia, your host, and I'm just here to give you a little introduction into today's episode, our very first episode, if you didn't hear. And I'm so excited about it because I listen to a lot of episodes of firsts of podcasts to like do research for this. And a lot of them are just like, you know, figuring out their bounds and a little clunky and awkward. And so I decided, you know what, I'm clunky and awkward, like 99% of the time, I'm going to lean into this. And I also thought of my sister who is also clunky and awkward. (laughs) She'll hate me for saying that, but it's fine. Um, So I decided to bring her on to do a co-host type situation where she got to ask me anything and everything to just kind of launch this off as a soft launch. And You know, we had a lot of fun and I hope that the fun that we had kind of echoes to you guys because that's what this whole podcast is about. We're here to talk about some serious stuff every now and then, but also we just want to have some fun, relate and give our community of aviation somewhere to thrive in. So without further ado, here's the first episode of 41,000 Feet and Thriving. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to 41,000 Feet and Thriving. I'm your host, Virginia, and I'm so excited to have you here for the first episode of 41,000 Feet and Thriving. Today, I've brought on someone that is very close to me. She'll be able to ask questions that she's been wanting to ask for probably about five years. And even better, she's been watching me for the past five years stumble in the industry and will get to make fun of me as we go. Um, I'm going to not wait any longer to introduce her. It is my own sister, Addie Paxton. Well, hello, and thank you. (laughs) Um, I would like to first start off by saying thank you for having me. Um, Honored to be your first guest. Um, Also, still waiting for my invite on a private jet. (laughs) So I can't say that I'm going to get the full inside look here until Mm -hmm. I'm buckled up and shown the exits on a, on a jet. So I mean, I feel like you've, you definitely helped me learn my safety demo. You were there for that. Yeah. Like the two pointed fingers. Thank you. Thank you. I think I do a really good job at that myself. I practice, but (laughs) nonetheless, I'm still waiting for my private flight to Hawaii. So uh, I'll work on that. Mm-hmm. You guys have to help her make it big on this show so that she can. Yeah. So that we get to there. the place where I can afford a private flight to Hawaii. Well, I don't know about afford or not, but cause <laughs> I still expect you to work. <laughs> if you I'll never... be the flight attendant for my, the, the flight that I'm paying for. Yes. <laughs> I want the best. And I personally think that you're the best. And yeah. also, if you've never had one of her espresso martinis, one of her amazing salads, mm. um, desserts, whatever, then <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, we almost made espresso martinis for this, but this is a celebratory occasion, and so we felt champagne was more fitting. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely cheersing along with you guys. Hopefully, you guys are either on your way to work drinking coffee and you can cheers, or maybe you're on your way to happy hour and you can mm. cheers here in a bit. So true. But the first episode, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. I'm There's sweating a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really glad I decided to wear a sweater. Well, you know, personal choices. <laughs> Lessons learned. Um, so Addie is going to be here to help just ask any questions from someone outside of aviation's perspective, which was why we kind of thought she was perfect to be the first guest. Because I've never flown private. <laughs> <laughs> never been on a private jet. I like so. how you're just going to keep bringing that up. I mean... It is what it is. I can't <laughs> lie. <laughs> so anywho, she's going to be here to ask all the burning questions that you might have. And if you're new to aviation or you're trying to get into it, or if you're not part of it all and you just happen to stumble upon this podcast, welcome. We're going to teach you a little bit about it from a flight attendant's perspective and also someone completely not a normal aviation. Joe. And I mean, I wasn't going to say a it. normal Jane. <laughs> Jane or Joe, we welcome all kinds that's here. <laughs> My daughter's name is Joe, so it can go both ways. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna let Addie take the reins from here. Um, you can just fire away. I'm nervous because I've done a few of these now. This isn't the first one I've recorded. And so I'm nervous to be the interviewee. As you should be. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big sisters don't hold back. So, <laughs> anyways, um, I will start by saying um, Virginia is ruler of the air 
I'm going to claim ruler of the sea out of us sisters. Um, she yep. was in the Navy for many, Still many am. years. Still am. Technically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, love it. But man, it is um, a lot. And so I am very excited to exit soon. <laughs> um, anyways, so aviation, it's a different world. Yeah. There's a lot of questions I have. Um, there's just a lot that's different than what I'm used to in from my professional side. So I'm very curious about that. Um, but even more so private aviation. So where I want to start is how you got into flight attending. And is it even called flight attending? Is that rude? Should it be called stewardess? Should it be called flight associate? I don't know what the correct term is here. So tell me what was the, the conception of your thought to becoming blank. I'm going to say flight attendant. For all. I really want to patent flight associate now. I know. Well, I, I will. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Maybe you'll get the private jet. <laughs> uh, there's no wrong answer there. I mean, we, we, I think traditionally they were started as flight stewardesses, like back in like Pan Am, Pan Am Which, days. pause, um, can we just not say that I love the look of, of like the original? I, like, like, please take yeah, me back. I, I almost wore an ascot today, right? <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted to glam it up, but I like, you know, I obviously actually ran out of time. Otherwise, I yeah. would have. Next time. I could have lent you one of mine. I have many. I almost asked, but I wanted to start. So We should have both done it just out of festivity. Next sake. time, let's do it. Okay. Okay. Um, it's gonna be a new requirement. Oh, Anyone please. that comes on board, yeah. on board as an interviewee, and has to wear one. And it's themed. Yeah. <laughs> um, how I got started, I had left a job of four, four and a half years as a manager, a caterer, and like very high stress. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I took a few months off. I actually went down to visit Addie for a weekend and ended up staying like two weeks <laughs> in San Diego. And it was while we were on our way to the airport once, which I did not get on my flight that day. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. The Thai restaurant. Yep. And we were talking about what I wanted to do. We actually, I got an interview for like a barista position down there. And that's why I skipped my flight was, okay, well, let's go do the San Diego barista interview. And then I'll move down here. Great. Cool. Awesome. After that, so we went and did the interview. I changed my flight, like literally went from on the way to the airport to on the way to an interview, did the interview. I think we went to a brewery after. Oh, I'm sure. Feels on brand. <laughs> um, and we were just talking about it and um, it didn't come up then, but a few weeks later, I, I want to say like a week later, you sent me a posting for a local flight attendant position on a regional jet or like a regional airline. And you were like, this would be fun to do in the interim, like super easy peasy. Which pause, the, the reason that it had been interesting to me um, and the reason that I sent it to you, part of the reason, not the whole reason, I thought you'd be great at it, but um, I was super into it yeah. because I had this like Pan dreamy view. view, exactly, of 60s, Boy, 70s. are those views about to get shattered. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, but because I had that dreamy view of that era of flight attendant, I really wanted to do it after mm -hmm. high school. Just so happens that was 2008. And what happened in 2008? I don't know. I can't speak to it politically. Oh. <laughs> I'm not an expert. But all I know is that airlines and the air industry, it just was not great. It wasn't yeah. great. They we weren't like hiring. A bit of a, what is it called? A recession. It was almost. a dip. Yeah. yeah. And something. Not yeah. We're not here to talk about yeah, finances. Sorry. No. no. <laughs> we don't know anything about that. But <laughs> what I saw <laughs> was that they stopped hiring. And um, I had put my application into, I, I think it all of them, Delta, Alaska, all that. And I forgot it just about wasn't, that. Yeah, I know. It just wasn't working. So anyways, I've been living had, her dream yeah, for her. Times changed and I saw the thing and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to send this to Regina so, so, so she can try out. So I did it. And I'm so glad also that I didn't know how hard the process was when I applied and started to progress. Yeah. And now my eyes are awakened to how lucky I got. Yeah. Like insane. Because if you don't know, getting into any airline is pretty rigorous. Like yeah. it's a pretty intense interview process. So essentially what happened was even for a regional, I had two video interviews before I got invited to this mass audition, essentially, but a mass interview where there were probably 80 to hundred flight attendants. And it was an eight hour interview in Portland. Very nice. They put you up in a hotel the night before. They fly you in if you've made it that far. I just drove since I was from Seattle. But 
anyway, then you get offered it on the spot if you're lucky. And I think it's usually like 15 to 20% from that gets hired. So I think that day, 15 people got hired. Uh, I was one of them. And I had no idea how hard the process was till later. But yeah, so then I started doing regional flights on little Q400s. Well, and my friend had done it too. Um, she did it, I think, probably two years before you started. Um, and I I believe she only did it for four or five years. Oh, that's years. right. I completely forgot yeah, about her. Yeah, and so I had a little insight to how rigorous the beginning part of it was. And honestly, it seems kind of cutthroat, but I had heard that from her too. So it's, I, yeah. I really don't remember ever talking about that beginning part with you. So it's interesting to hear you say that. Well, then you get through like the training part and like, training in the airlines is just insane and like I had interviewed for Delta fast forward like a year or two down the road and I honestly am so glad I didn't get hired in a way because that training was eight weeks versus my six weeks at Horizon my regional carrier you didn't hear that part um but it was even that was long enough and intense enough for me. And I know Delta and like American and all those big ones are even more intense. And I'm so glad in a way that I didn't put myself through that. Yeah. Blessings in disguise. (laughs) They come in all shapes and sizes. I did. I would like it noted. I did make it the in-person interview for Delta though. I was at least that cool. Like that, that's, you know, not every person. Yeah. I was denied. Okay. You put your hat in the ring. That's good. Yeah. It's all about taking the risk, honestly. And if you really wanted it, you put your hat in the ring 20 times and you're going to get it. You you're go. going to get it. Big sister Persistence. energy right I there. Know. That's what I'm here for. So. Um, so, yeah, I think that answers how I got into it. It's mostly your fault. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Again, still waiting for that flight, but that's okay. Um, okay. Also, uh, so you applied for it, but obviously you had to have had an interest in flying or travel or something like independent, something like that. So what was the, what was something that drew you to it? So there's a few things like, I mean, traveling was always like an intrigue for me. Like when I was 18, I went to Southern France for quite a few months, I think like four, um, to do this like schooling there because I just loved the idea of being international. And I loved the idea of this like independent, like free-spirited traveler. I was definitely the one that wasn't going to go to college. We knew that from, (laughs) I was the runt of the brute in our family. And for me, that meant not going to college, not taking the traditional path. Like it, I don't know. It didn't, I wanted to really lean into that. And so when you suggested that and brought to light that that could mean more traveling, I was like, definitely piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily imagine traveling to all of the small cities in the, on the West Coast as traveling, but I had a lot of fun times. Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Addie and I got to meet in Eugene one time. Was it Eugene? Actually? I don't know, actually. I, I think it, it was Eugene or something like that. It was yeah, some small itty bitty yeah. town in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be there the night that her and her husband I happened to have a layover the night that her and her husband were driving up from California. So they stayed with me, got a hotel for free, whoop, whoop. But then, <laughs> you know, we had some fun in fun. a very small town in Oregon. <laughs> we were making our move up from San Diego. Um, so it was after I got off of acting duty. Well, your T- husband T- was. Oh, yeah. I hadn't, yeah. I wasn't doing it yet. Yeah, yeah it was no, just him. <laughs> because I came down and lived with you after that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, that's why I was yeah, able yeah, to live yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. We'll connect the dots later, yeah. maybe. Not important. Um... So yeah, definitely always independent. I mean, I think our parents would say that as well. Like, I think I was pretty independent from a young age. I used to have yes, my own soap bar were. in the bathroom. Uh, that was the first thing bad news. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the kitchen. It wasn't in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I always tell that to, I don't And know. actually it was for sassing. It wasn't for saying bad words. Yeah, that's sassing. true. I didn't know bad words. I used to cry anytime anyone said bad words until I was like, Honestly, till I got in aviation. So sensitive. I was very sensitive, a soft little petal. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, always independent for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Again, connect the dots later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, anyways, that makes sense though, as far as you wanting to do flight attending and stuff for the for the travel, for the independence. It yeah. Makes sense. You yeah. Know, a lot of it there on the West Coast. 
the West Coast was great. I'm so glad I got out of that though. Yeah. Not for the company was great that I worked for, but I definitely wanted more out of it. Yep. So, so you worked for the regional hopper plane or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, for how many? How we long? prefer puddle jumpers. Okay, puddle jumper. Which honestly, for the Northwest is totally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we call Coast Guard people. <laughs> we'll go into that. Um, okay, so. How long did you work for a regional flight? Year and a half. Okay. I escalated quickly. (laughs) Forcefully, I would say. Forcefully. Yeah. (laughs) They weren't like, Virginia, come to us. You were like, I'm going. There's something that you should know about me, and I am an instant gratification person, and I know this about myself. So even when doing like – like if I'm doing like a home project, and it's like you have to wait four weeks for this really beautiful tile that you've wanted your whole life to come in versus – Home Depot has this one that's like half price and kind of like half like what you want. I'd be like, yes, and I can get it today, sold, and then be unhappy with it my whole life. I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same. I don't think to the point that you are. I I get, but I will drive hours to get something in the moment (laughs) rather than wait even like days or weeks. Like if if, if I can have it in a few hours versus like tomorrow, I will do whatever it takes to get it in a few hours. Okay, yeah, you're more aggressive. I'm very aggressive. I'll wait for that Amazon shipment. Nope. <laughs> wait. <laughs> I sometimes, like, don't buy something on Amazon because it says two days versus oh, next day delivery. Oh, my goodness. It's gotten bad. I should really see, like, a therapist about it, honestly. I'm teaching my three-year-old patients right now, so. <laughs> I don't think I had that lesson too. with our mother. No. <laughs> Berenstein Bears didn't have a book Or she it. gave okay. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so yeah, I worked for the regional for a year and a half. I'm sorry, Bernstein Bears still has me. <laughs> um, so I worked for the regional for a year and a half, and then I started applying to different airlines. Had my interview at Delta, got pretty far with like American, but didn't get that one either. So then I started to feel a little defeated. But then I heard about this cute little plane with the red nose, and. You probably know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name them, but they um, they did long haul, and they were a European company, and they were adorable. Long haul is usually from like the U.S. to Europe, U.S. to some faraway country, or vice versa. Um, long haul usually means eight plus hours. Okay. In flight. Okay. Um, and that's all they did, and I was like, this is attractive to me because two positives about long, long haul. Maybe three. One is you have like six to ten other coworkers on board with you, which is just appealing to me. Yeah, because less that's work. more. Or okay. Oh no, it's it's just From less work. Puddle. And you get a nap in the middle. Like there's literally bunks that is on the plane, and you get a nap. What, what's sweet. not cute about that? Yeah. And then second is it means that your layover is going to be longer in airlines because that's just how it is. So mm-hmm. instead of a ten hour layover or fifteen hour. You're gonna get a minimum of like 24 usually, if not. So you might have a little a few days. time to explore. Yeah, exactly. Or sit and watch Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Which also, honestly, one of my favorite things about going to different countries is that the Netflix is different it in is. every different country. Yeah. So you get like a new array of movies. Mm-hmm. This is a really dorky thing to know, but I mean, but when you're jet lagged yeah. at 4 a.m. and you can't that. sleep. You're going to really like that it has a different variety than U.S. Netflix. Sure. Do the <laughs> subtitles if you need to. Go yep. for it. And then the third one is just obviously destinations. Mm-hmm. You're going to go places, get to know them, and they're going to be bigger and a little bit better than West Coast Eugene. Yep. <laughs> we had a lot of fun in Eugene. Yeah. If you're listening from Eugene, invite us over. We'd love a reunion. There was a pub there okay. we really liked. It, it was a pinball. pizza parlor. Oh, yeah. It was a pizza parlor. It had a pinball machine. <laughs> uh, not our usual scene, but we rode that totally. pinball machine real hard. <laughs> I don't know that I would say that, but it was really fun, and I was really good at it. Jim was so-so. I was. My husband was – he was good at it, too. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a turd. I know. Um, I so one thing you should know in this process, like, I guess two. One is that I have a background in catering. So love playing with food. I always have love coming up with recipes, love creating dishes and creating experiences for people. Mm. It's always been my thing. Yeah. Um, and then two, like I, as I got onboarded with this little European company, 
I also happened to hear about private aviation from a friend. And moving down to California with Addie while I was working for this European company, I got an interview at my first private company. I drove to LA for it my first time. Well, it wasn't my first time going to LA. It was probably my third or fourth. I was not hearsed with LA at all. I wore my flight attendant uniform going into this interview for a private company, um, covered up all my tattoos, had to get up at 4 a.m. in San Diego to get there Mm -hmm. on time. Mm -hmm. Interviewed it with them, loved these people. I still know one of the people from, well, I know many people from this company, but actually one of them will be on the show later this month. Um, And um, they apparently liked me too because they offered me a job, but it was only part-time. And I was like, dude, I'm in, if I were to have to move to LA for this job, I need more than part-time. And so I had to turn it down. So I went at that moment to this European company and onboarded with them, went through the four or five weeks of training and then started with them. Man, I mean, honestly, it was pretty quick. It was quick. Yeah. Um, So then I worked with them for literally like three months Mm -hmm. and this private company that I had interviewed for which okay big sister moment I will tell you when Virginia said that once again she was ready for a change (laughs) I was like how are you ready for a change I am not (laughs) I have not yet adjusted from your last change so can we like not pump the brakes here you know, sit for a little bit, stew. I am much more cautious when it comes to career decisions and movement, um, probably to a fault. Honestly, that's where Virginia picks up. I think we balance each other out like that. Yeah. She made the right choice Not overall. Stewer. But um, yeah, no, she moves quick. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's bad though. I've learned my lesson in the fact that like now I'm trying to stay places longer, which is like two years. Well, which can we just say right now you're contracting as yeah. a choice. Yeah. Because- the difference in clientele, the difference in jobs is what you need. Well, and I finally realized like, oh, this is something that will help me. Like, I don't have to work for just one place. I can keep the variety that I think I crave. Yeah. Yeah. I really should have realized it a while ago. <laughs> Four years in, not even. That's not a, a little bit over it, five yeah. years. But, I mean, even, yes. you're still in the beginning of your career, really. Yeah. And you've got, you've covered so much yeah. ground. It's because I was impatient. <laughs> has its purpose. eager yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so then I I got this call three months in I was I think I was I don't remember where I was when I got the call no I do I was in the car from I was commuting from San Diego to LAX mm-hmm. when I worked for this long-haul company I was in the car on my drive for like probably like a 10-hour flight I think it was to Rome um And this private company called me and it was like, Virginia, we really like had you in our mind. So we waited and we found a full-time position and we would really like you to fill it. So they came back to me and were like, and then, you know, the rest is history. I once, I A, wanted it because there were just so many more challenges in it and it was just going to be more satisfying for the person I am. But then in a completely selfish way, they said the salary compared to what you make in commercial. And I was like, Oh, okay. There's no choice here. <laughs> yeah, that's a given. Yeah, because at the time I was Bless definitely cautious about it. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my gosh, is this gonna be worth it? I don't know. Like I didn't give them an immediate answer, which was kind of dumb of me, but I didn't. I made them wait. I think I made them wait at least like three days, actually. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's bad or good. I mean, they're busy people. So yeah. So <laughs> honestly, yeah, they got million dollar deals going on. You're like not. <laughs> Let me humble you, okay? <laughs> Let's just bring She's back here to for. Um, and yeah, that's I don't know where we left off there, but that's that's where I started in private. So let me just ju- because it's been in the back of my brain now for like a few minutes. Private aviation. Who is hiring you to be mm. on this jet? What is your job? Like, okay, normal commercial. I am an economy flyer, mm-hmm. Southwest. Yes, I'm always in group C. Oh, I am always in group C because I never click that button fast enough. Embarrassing. No, it's not. I'm kidding, okay. kidding, kidding. <laughs> I will always take that free Diet Coke, let me tell you. <laughs> Every time. The most annoying drink for a flight attendant to pour. Why? 
it is well known. So the carbonation, it takes like five minutes, to, not five, but it takes a lot longer to pour oh, a Diet okay. Coke versus a Coke or a Sprite. Okay. Well, what about your champagne here today? Okay. <laughs> Way less. Way less, bro. Well, if they offered free champagne, I would take that too. <laughs> okay. They don't. Southwest, if you're hearing me right now, I will take a free champagne any day over the Diet Coke. It's that much of a hassle. She just like eyed the camera so hard, y'all. That was like a threat. <laughs> Anyways, um, I okay. So, so you want to know the difference? Oh, okay. Like I am, I'm Addie, and I have a bajillion dollars, and now I have a private jet. What should I expect? Like, am I, what am I smelling when I walk on the? on the plane like what is there are you showering me with a lay is that even a, <laughs> is that a joke is that like oh my gosh okay like no it's flowers not. and then like what am I eating it, I'm assuming it's no longer peanuts and pretzels could be though and what is the bathroom situation because okay. honestly the best thing to come out of COVID was masks in public bathrooms especially on an airplane mm, so I just mm-hmm, need to know mm-hmm. what That's the difference is on the private jet okay um so th- that, that there's so many questions in there very important ones and I think I'm speaking for the masses so there there's a few things and I'm going to walk you through two different scenarios here I think if I can do this well enough is if you close your eyes and you walk on to a commercial plane you're going to immediately see two flight attendants in a very small galley what so galley is like the mini kitchen there and that's what you see when you walk in most planes is this little itty bitty galley and you're going to see two flight attendants in there you know airline uniform greeting you and be like hello hello it's great to see you sir great to see you welcome like the very barbie-esque which i love yes you do i will do my and nothing wrong with that i am not driving later <laughs> virginia said i couldn't do it because it was too barbie but to her guide barbie i think we should get a clip of it though, I mean, it's really good people. i watch She's a lot really of i watch a lot it. of toy stories also side so. side note like so excited for the new barbie movie to come out the trailer oh, just dropped barbie yesterday movie. did you see the toe the toe point? No. Oh, no. Yes. Stop. Ah! She doesn't have flat feet. She has the, the heel <gasps> point. Yep. I sent it to you on Instagram okay, several you times. All, she sent me 20. 20 reels this morning. <laughs> I can't get to all of them. I have a <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, woman. What are you doing with your mornings? What time do you wake up? In there, there are at least four about the Barbie trailer. <laughs> Which I'm fascinated by, but... Anywho, what we're saying is there's nothing wrong with that. Um, They're very welcoming. They're so nice. So that's what you're going to – and then you're going to turn into first class and you're going to smell peanuts and maybe like orange juice and – Always coffee. Yeah, and coffee, like very stale coffee. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to walk into economy and it's going to start to feel tighter. You're going to squinch all your stuff together. And (laughs) and then you're going to hit people with your purse 99% of the time and apologize. You're going to have a kid kicking you in the back of the back. Like, yep. Uh, it's going to be a great experience. And then there's the dreaded, I don't know about you guys, but I always still to this day get nervous about the process of lifting my bag into the overhead bin. I do too. Well, I one, have anxiety got armpit about sweat. it. Okay. So every, everyone's going to see it. You've been in the airport all day. You have to lift your bag up into the compartment. Well, then it's like armpit sweat. And then it's like my- Also, can you lift it? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Like, I packed a lot. And then it's like, will it fit? Is it like one of the old school ones where you lay it flat Mm -hmm. on its back and then you have to like squeeze it in? Because those were made for business people, like briefcases and stuff. Yeah. Not made for someone in today's world with a skincare routine, a makeup routine. And who packed seven pairs of underwear for a two-day trip. Virginia. I do too. I think it's just a thing. And so there's that. And then – yeah, so there's just like a whole thing that goes into it. You can't get comfortable yet because if you do, then you're going to have to unplug your device from seat power before you take off. You're going to have to do all this stuff so you don't get comfortable right away. You're still sweating from the airport. Paint the picture for you on private. Not that way. Mm. You're So now switching views to I'm the flight attendant on private. Okay, wait, okay, wait. can I pause for a second? Sure. Okay, this is what I would want and then you can – Fill it in with actuality. Um, I'm walking onto my private jet. Mm-hmm. I want it to smell very clean. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I I do want to smell coffee. We live in Seattle. Ooh. Hello. I want it. I mean, I want that's fair. Coffee. Like, I just want to You're not going fair. to. I want it. I, 
Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. I, I guess the coffee smell to me is reassuring because I know it's available, but yeah. I'm sure it's ready in a snap of the finger. Um, and then I just want to see open seats. Uh-huh. Okay. Open seats. And I they're think, nice seats. I think I have the, had the luxury of being the first person on the Never. Never have I been the first person on a plane. So walking yeah. on to... But you you did go on to my private plane. I did. But I, I did get to tour it. Yeah. That was fun. So you kind of, you, you know what to expect now. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm speaking to mostly private flight attendants, also like people that love scents. What you're going to smell is like Layla Beau, Diptyque, like maybe mm, like, um oh, I, I'm forgetting it's like Capri, Capri Blue, like something like that. You're going to, those are the scents and those are brands, but like. Layla Beau, you can do any other scents. I would say the most popular ones are like Sintal, um, Bay from Diptyque. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other ones in there that are just really calming and really gentle, but very like serene. Mm-hmm. You're going to get something like that. And, and are those requested by the client? It depends. It... It, so it depends on if you're working on a charter account. Mm-hmm. And usually if you're working on a charter account, depending on the company, they will have like their signature scent. Um, some even have like scents from like Ritz Carlton that they work Ooh, with, or that is nice. like Ritz Carlton's yeah. like signature scent, that which is delicious. Like if you've ever been into a Ritz Carlton, mm-hmm. it's delightful. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> feel like you're walking into a very fancy hug. So it is different than Ritz crackers. <laughs> Not the same person. Okay. Different. This is different. Learn but same. something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> started this Jim said watch out for the champagne glass they're tippy I just tipped mine thank goodness I've been chugging it because there wasn't that much left but anyways maybe they're like okay brothers yeah one of us go into the hotel business the other one yeah, you are on crackers in all fairness they would probably both be no I mean Ritz Carlton would definitely be more but um I don't know Ritz has made a name for itself they're part uh, of they like- are the best cracker <laughs> I'm just kidding going on to a private jet you're gonna smell probably some kind of signature scent if it's an owner account they have probably picked out one if they want one but i just worked on a plane that hates scents like they don't like strong smelling fish they don't like strong smelling food like red onion and stuff and so they also didn't want a scent and so you honestly a very difficult task yeah on it (laughs) true because then the pilots requested salmon Oh, like, no, 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 no. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you cannot have salmon on a free flight. I was like, I I don't understand how this works. Um, There are tricks, but it wasn't easy. Um, But so it depends on if you're working on charter or if you're working on an owner account, but most likely there will be some kind of scent on board. So you're going to be like wafted with that as soon Mm -hmm. as you walk in. Not nicely greeted. Yeah, let's say Mm -hmm. that. But it's like, it's it's not going to be overwhelming, hopefully, but it's not going to be just like, super gentle either it's gonna be like you're gonna notice it kind of mm-hmm. like it's gonna be notable yeah you're gonna be like damn I wish I had this in my house mm-hmm. um which I have done several times I have v- like several scents in my house now that I I pick a day you well you do and your house always smells really really good thank you <laughs> I, I have a weird thing about scents um so there's that it depends on half and half of the time you'll either walk into the galley like you do in the, on like a, a commercial however an air like a private galley it's a lot big not a lot bigger but it's bigger mm-hmm. it's nicer usually and it's got a lot more drawers and stuff like that and so you'll be standing at the top of the stairs usually to greet them and then um um you walk in and you go into like the club seats the divan which is a couch you have a credenza divan which is a couch and then you have like a credenza which is like a long low counter mm-hmm where like a it's kind of acts like a coffee table but entry, it's built into table, yeah sure. like it but it's built into the plane so yeah and then you pick your seat depending on how many people you have and then your lav situation which you asked about it also I should mention everything should be super manicured like every seat belt should be crossed in the same way no smudges on any surfaces no smudges on the windows like 
there should be a water bottle out, maybe a welcome snack, newspapers. Always like, a welcome like, snack. Yeah. yeah, welcome snacks are hot right now. Yeah. Um, then like Warm everything towel. should just be like, yeah, you can do like a hot towel or like a cold towel depending on your destination um, or the outside. <laughs> yeah, or the outside location, I guess is what I should say. Um, and then you were asking about the lab situation. So the lab is always for passengers at the very back. So it's connected to the cargo. Mm-hmm. So one side's connected to the cargo, one side's connected to the cabin. And um, it's a very nice place. Most people can't even find the toilet on private labs because it's this seat that's like leather covered usually. And it's like, I don't know, it's like the size of an ice chest. And most people look over it and are like, where's the lid to the toilet? And that's the lid. Um, so there's that, and then it's usually covered in mirrors and lots of fun drawers with amenities. The room, not the toilet. Yeah, sorry. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah good clarification. And what's so? Are there drawers in there to freshen up? And what's yes. in the drawers? So de- again, depends on the company. And I will say, I know that there are drawers because Virginia did give me a tour of one. Um, Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. So, like, let's say, like, on my last, I had a lot of Layla Bow, Aesop, which is really in right now. And their lip moisturizer is really good. Their lip, yeah. I think I got some free samples. Um, And, uh, yeah. And so, had all of that. You have, like, client preferences. You can have anything from, like, makeup to skincare to... Deodorant. Deodorant, obviously. And again, preference there. If you work for- What's the funny, like, what's the most random thing that you put in a drawer? I'm just curious. Condoms. Oh my God. I thought that was illegal. No, I had a client So we're not 41,000 feet sure. thriving. We are thriving. You know what's funny is when they, requ- they, when they requested that I put condoms in there, uh, this was just for like a charter client. Oh man, um, I wish you could try I think it was kind of interesting because they asked- they asked for a range of sizes. And I think that was to hide so that, like, they didn't have to say what theirs was. Oh, but it started at extra funny. small and oh, only went to large. So it was like, you somewhere in there. Oh, that's juicy. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's very so interesting. That was, like, one of the weirdest <laughs> ones because I was just like. Well, honestly, honestly, it's not that weird. Like, if I were to actually think about it, that's not. If you're a billionaire, it's not on that flight, uncommon. It's, not weird. it's like, Wait, it's, wow. Okay. Um. Okay. So normal stuff. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then, really quickly, because you'll get into it more later with your other guests. But what is a very typical like food menu for a four-hour flight? So it can be two very different things. I mean, it can be a variety of different things. But I'm going to set two pictures for you. There's the very fancy client that wants like four courses. So it can be anything from, you want a cohesive menu, which I have an episode about coming out with um, Chef Morin Smith, um, who's an onboard chef. Um, And we talk about a cohesive menu and how to like, you know, guide your menu and making it. Um, And that's a fun process. So you would hopefully have some kind of cohesive menu. So let's say Italian just for easiness Mm -hmm. sake. So it's going to be really kitschy, but like start with a caprese or burrata salad. Mm, I was going to say mutt sticks. (laughs) (laughs) But that's Ritz crackers versus Ritz Carlton. Not Italian. Okay, Ritz crackers. I don't think they're Italian. No, I'm saying the difference. (laughs) I'm here to um, represent the little people. Okay. Yes. And so I would say like start with Caprese. You would maybe have a bread course before with like a nice oil or butter. Mm -hmm. But you would do like a fancier version. Like you would do like a compound butter that either the caterer you made. Um, or you do like Monterey an oil butter. vinegar. Mm-hmm. Oh, Monterey Chef's butter is so good. If you haven't heard of it, look it up. I will link it. It's so yummy. Mm-hmm. Um, really good to cook steak in or veggies or really anything. Pro tip. Um, <laughs> and then um, so you'd go from probably the bread course to caprese or a burrata salad of some sort to the main dish, which would be either like a pasta, risotto is my favorite, or like a fish or steak, something in that family. Mm-hmm. Wide variety. And most of the time you would have two options. Yeah. And most of the time you would have two options. And then you would do dessert. So you have to have those ready beforehand. 
You have to be prepared for them beforehand. Like marinated, ready to cook. Well, it depends. Like if you use a caterer. Oh, okay. They are already cooked and you need to heat up in the oven and have a process and coordination within yourself of how to go about that. There's a process. Or if you are like me who cooks on board, yeah, you would time it accordingly. It would be all marinating and you'd be ready to go. (laughs) Um, Two very different go modes there. So that's one scenario. The other scenario would be we want in and out or dominoes or like, you know, John and Vinny's in L.A., or, you know, really anything like that, like Nobu, mm-hmm. whatever. So two very different scenarios, but equally yummy. Mm, love that. And would you say that there, it, for the contracted clients, um, is there a percentage of people who just choose to cater out versus have you cook on board? So as of right now, I'm actually getting hired because I cook on board. Okay. There are a few flights that I don't have to, but most of the time right now I'm being hired to cook on board, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to cook on board for 10 to 12 passengers every flight. Now when I get hired to cook for normal passengers, I'm doing like one to three passengers, okay. four to six max. Gotcha. Um, and then I'm just curious, like, Obviously, these are people that are very well off, like, but they do, they want McDonald's Mm -hmm. sometimes, and they want, like you said, Everyone has guilty pleasures, yeah. Yeah, good point. Like, do you just serve it out there in the box, or do you put it out on (laughs) a silver platter? To be be honest, it depends on the clients. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're serving 10 to 12 passengers, there are ones that are just, like, impatient. Like, some of them have just gotten off of, like, a concert, and, Mm -hmm. like, like, as in, they were the ones hosting the, you know they are the singer they are thank you I was like how do you say this they are the headliner they are the headliner there we go or business meeting mm-hmm. or they just got off of a long day of press or pol- politician yeah. meetings or whatever it might be. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we're not here for that politics yeah <laughs> we don't know anywho a lot of them are just hungry and just want it now like and so therefore you either like I and maybe this is calling me out and it's not gonna make me look good I give them what they want. If they want it out of the box, I put it out there on the box. I'm not going to be like, no, you have to eat it off of this porcelain plate well, with a, a gold lining. Why would you disagree with that? <laughs> but some people do because they're like, I cannot possibly put cardboard in the cabin, which I do understand that thought process. But I am like, feel the vibe of the client. If they're asking to eat right now and they want just like lukewarm pizza, give it to them. Okay. Question because it just crossed my mind. Um, so communicating with these clients, back it up. Virginia, having contracted, you have contracted from people that are in the entertainment business to just business moguls and realty people and obviously not naming any names. Influencers. But yeah, but a, a large variety. Um, they have a lot of clout that comes with them. It, it's a big name. Like a, intimidation factor is probably real and mm-hmm. not to mention just bottom line, they're your client. So how... How do you and have you ever run into a situation where it's like, hey, safety first, like this is ha- kind of how it has to be. How do you lay down the law with those people and have you had to? Yeah, ever for sure. You? I've had several like that. Like I, I think you'll probably remember one where I had a sequence of flights with a group of people that were not super respectful of me or the plane and it was getting bad. I was on my second flight with them and I really had to like go to my pilot and be like, I'm getting really uncomfortable. Like they've done some stuff that was not appropriate towards me. They are disrespecting the plane. Like we had to get cleaners out to the plane and they couldn't even get these stains out. Like there were several situations that was like Which, just inappropriate. Like honestly, shame on you. Yeah. I like, mean act like an adult. It it just was unfortunate. Not and so we had to, because we had a contract with these clients, my company decided to support me, which was amazing. But also we couldn't, we couldn't just stop our sequence of flights with them because they had paid through essentially. Mm-hmm. At least that's how it was described to me. If you're a broker or something and that's not how it worked, don't tell me because call her, <laughs> and ask her and have a conversation yeah. with her. But, um, But so my company sent out a second flight attendant to kind of reinforce. My pilots were very aware. We flew with the the galley door open to the cockpit. Therefore, like, there was never a closed door. Therefore, if anything were to progress, like they had threatened before, 
one of oh, there would be two of us a and then b the pilots would be able to look back and see right away it's interesting because it's like I'm, i'll blanket say it say it but although these people are of a higher class they're not necessarily classy people no and that is Correct. just a lesson to be learned for everybody like you can have all the money in the world but you yeah. may not be a classy person at all and honestly shame shame shame, shame on you it is i mean kudos to them because they can still get on a, a they can still afford a private jet i guess yeah. but def- definitely just different i don't know different people um but yeah and then there are safety Go issues to too roots, you know? like <laughs> You know, like, there are safety issues, too, where, like, there's crashes that I had not yeah. worked on, but, like, ha- that have been pressured because of, like, not bribery, not, well, yeah, bribery, where they'd be like, we'll tip you $20,000 if you take off with this heavy load that's over what your plane is supposed to take off with. And, like, there's a famous musician, and I'm not going to remember her name, but I'm sure someone will comment about it, but, like, there's this famous um, musician who is a girl and they had all of their band equipment and they mm-hmm. took off somewhere in like Turks and Caicos or something like that. And they were like, please like take off with this. We'll like give you a nice, you and your crew, like a really nice tip. So they did and they all died. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, there are oh, safety issues. Do you remember that? I, yeah. I can't remember her name, which, I mean, it's such a terrible thing, but um, I'm, like, super I'm, – I'm so glad I started in, – There was a lot to that story. Yeah. If I'm thinking of the right one, it was a it was a web of things. So, yeah, yeah. just disclaimer, I don't think it was quite as straightforward, but, yeah, there was Correct. No, I'm yeah. giving the very skimmed-down version. Yeah. You should really listen to, like, the whole report yeah. if you're interested because it is fascinating. Um, but maybe I'm also like a little sadistic and I, I just enjoy hearing those, not enjoy. I like reading from them because I like learning from them. Well, you're in the because industry. Because it's fascinating. It's an eye-opener. It's well, just fascinating. I'm sure, like anybody, I mean, with your job, you know, you want to make the client happy. That's yeah. your job. Um, but you need to stay safe and yeah. enforce these rules. And so I'm sure at some point it's, you're going to be, um, faced with making a decision that, um, ways safety over pleasing the client and you have to make a choice yeah I um yeah there definitely are tons of those out there which I won't get into but you definitely have to be aware and you have to be willing to stake your ground like with those situations like safety first and if you like it's um no amount of money the correct and there's a saying that says like if you see something say something like that's very common so all airports teach you it's also what we learn in our yearly training is Mm -hmm. like if you see something say something whether it be safety whether it be like precautionary whatever like you just say something because it's just you never know what it could be Mm -hmm. and I always think of that like I still do like my 30 second review on takeoff and landing I still do my equipment checks when I get on new planes like I do Mm -hmm. I do a lot just to keep my mind at peace that I, I know what I'm doing. Like if I have an older passenger walk on, I'm going to triple check the AED and like the med equipment and make sure I know exactly where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I would do. Yeah. Like I just the other day had an 80 year old passenger come on with, and it's known that he had like ex, uh, experienced like heart issues in the last mm-hmm. few years. Yeah. And so I literally Brush pulled my AED like to the front, like I, not to like the front of the aircraft, but to the front of the cabinet that mm-hmm. it was in. I checked the dates on everything, like, as you're supposed to when you get onto an aircraft, but I just, like, triple-checked it and, like, made sure everything would be in the order that I needed it, like, yeah, just really brushed up on it real quick, you know? (laughs) Zipper's not jammed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And that's one thing about private is just, like, keeping in touch with the small details, which we will continue to reinforce on here on the podcast, which is, like... Private aviation versus commercial is one of the biggest differences, the small details, attention to detail. Whether it's folding the toilet paper or yeah. making sure that the zipper isn't jammed on the AED. <laughs> like, you know, touching up the bathroom, trying to touch it up after every client goes yeah. in versus commercial. It's like maybe once a flight, <laughs> even if it's like an eight-hour flight. Mm, believe me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of differences there, but... Um, we'll definitely get into them. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, last question. What is the best part of your job? Oh, oh I, I think I've done okay, so that. First question. What is the best part of your job? Um, I think it's like, I mean, the travel is really fun a lot, but I think most of the time it's like, I really love going to my job most of the time. And that like, 
I pinch myself in a way when I'm there because I'm just like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Like whether it be cooking a steak at 41,000 feet or like throwing a slumber party for teenage girls at 41,000 feet or so all of these cool. different things that you get to experience. Like it's, it's really like you pinch yourself and yeah. you're just like, how am I doing this? Like, yeah. how is this a job? Yeah. Um, I know. And I, I, and again, I have to thank you because you got me into it. And I, I honestly can't imagine my life without it because I just like, I don't know what I would be doing without it. It's really opened up doors for me. And I know it's definitely a part of your identity. Now. It really is like, mm-hmm. and I love that. I'm mm-hmm. not sad about that. I'm not mad about it. I love that it is my part of my identity now. Yeah. And now you get to share it with a ton of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. I love that. I actually don't have another question. This is it. That's a really good, it's a really soft landing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, I think that this is a great start. Hopefully, and hopefully everyone else does too. Um, I'll just, you know, she is amazing. And if you have questions or you're curious, literally what the smell is on a private plane or do they actually serve Ritz crackers? Some do. Comment message her, subscribe so you can get the answer in a later episode. But communication, this is going to be such a cool thing. People like me don't get the chance to experience anything about private aviation. So um, one thing we didn't even get to, like, do you actually pick out the brown M&Ms for celebrities if that's what they want? Um, Surprise, yes. (laughs) She's going to let you know. Ask the question. It's amazing. I have a million of them, but Anyways, this is a good start. So, Jen, I wish you the best. You're going to do amazing. This is such a great way to expand your career and um, expand it so other young women, other young men can experience it too and um, really find out if it's for them or if they're already in aviation, see if they could and should take the next leap and Mm -hmm. try something crazy. So, you're going to do great. I wish you the best luck and yeah. Thank you so much. I think um, that's a lovely ending and I've loved having you on here. I think my ending note is just, if you're here and still listening with us 50 minutes later, thank you. God bless. Um, But also um, we just want to reiterate, like this is a place for people interested in aviation that are in aviation, that are transitioning from commercial or private, vice versa, whatever it might be, chefs on board, non-chefs, caterers, it's really just for any of those interested in listening. Economy passengers. Economy Calling all economy passengers. <laughs> it's for anyone that wants to listen. And it's just hopefully going to be a fun place for you to learn things about a really wide variety of things. And hopefully have more fun guests like my sister who, um, you know, you'll definitely see again on here because she's with a hoot. She's a hoot. Yeah, with an ascot. So Well, thank you guys for coming for the first episode of 41,000 Feet and Thriving. Thank you. Thank you, Addie. Thank you. Um, And we will see you next week, guys. God bless.